0: Genesis 12, 1 through 9. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and from your kindred and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the world shall be blessed. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran. And they set out to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Moreh. At the time, the Canaanites were in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, with Bethel on the west and Ai on the north. There he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
0: Okay, I feel like we've just begun an amazing journey. You know, it's right. like we read the first part of this epic book. And really, it is kind of an epic book. Um, this is kind of where Genesis turns mm. to the narrative that we're still, I would say, a part of. Um, and obviously before this, we're a part of that narrative too, but, um, I, I kind of see the first 11 chapters of the Bible as, as a bit of introduction. Um, there, I talked about this a few weeks ago when we were in the Nehemiah series, they kind of introduce, uh, this theme that man cannot overcome sin. Mm. And when I say introduce, it happens over and over and over again. <laughs> right. Um, And so I think you come to the end of Genesis 11, Uh, we've just had the Tower of Babel, and we realize, okay, something else has to happen, someone has to intervene, Um, and then all of a sudden the story turns and we see God's dealing with Abram. So there's a lot to say here, I'm excited, we're going to be in this journey for a little while, we're going to go all the way through through chapter 22. But what are your thoughts uh, on the passage?
1: Well, it's such a, I I love how you say this is a point where it turns and we, like at this point, like you said, with Genesis one through 11, it's also just um, sad. I mean, man can't overcome it, but like really terrible things are happening. And then this is this moment of hope, like this light shines in, like God comes to Abram. And you really can't understand the rest of the Bible without this story. Um, and understanding these promises. So God makes these promises. Well, first he calls Abram out, I think, of his land, which I think is really interesting point after he makes these promises to him, telling him incredible things like he's going to give him um, land. He's going to make him a great nation and he's going to bless the whole earth or that this, you know, family, this nation is going to bless the whole earth through Abram. So it's God saying he's going to reverse the curse that right. they've been experiencing. And he's going to do it Um, we get you know, a big hint, um, a roadmap, if you will, of how he's going to do it through Abram's family.
0: And this, as you, as you said, I mean, this is kind of the trunk of the tree that the whole rest of the Bible branches off of. You, you can't, and really like a lot of human history, you you can't understand kind of what's going on. I would say in the Bible and really in modern history. I mean, you know, this is right. a huge historical moment without understanding that there was this man, why was he blessed by God? Why was his offspring going to be a blessing answer? The Lord chose him. I mean, we, we don't know. Like there's, right. there's not like, it's not like Abraham was, you know, this great man. Now he shows that in some ways that he has faith and valor. Um, um, but, in other ways he kind of shows that he can be a little shady. And so it's it's not that Abram um is this like incredible person. It's he is just the agent that God chose to bring God's blessing to the whole world. Right. Um
1: I, I love too that that like you said that I mean this is such a huge moment in Um, the biblical narrative and in history, but it's also such a window into what faith is. I mean, God comes to Abram, he tells him to do this thing. And then I love that phrase um, in verse four that says, so Abram went, I mean, he just responds to God. And then you see, um, not understanding, I mean, how could he, (laughs) what all was, was what this all really meant but he absolutely trusts. You see this like trust factor. He doesn't completely understand. He doesn't even know where he's going. God's gonna said, I'll show you. And he leaves these um, centers of power. Like everything that makes sense in the world is what, where Abram is when God comes to him. Right. Like, it makes sense to a human being. And God says this and Abram just responds and he does it. And then another really interesting thing about this is you can see that he responds in worship, that he... Builds these altars um, to God, which is interesting because God hasn't told said anything about how or that we know of. Right,
0: in, in one sense, this is the first kind of records of right worship <coughs> yeah. to the living God. I mean, other than like the Cain and Abel sacrifices to the Lord, right? I mean, this is kind of the next actual. I mean, I guess I, I'm trying to think. Did,
1: did does Noah? Do oh, f- build an altar. Yeah. At the end, doesn't he, Like when he, when he finally gets out of the, um, okay. So maybe,
0: maybe this is not, but this is an early um, yeah. sign of this kind of worship where someone is worshiping what, who we know is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, the Lord begins to have more definition in this moment. Yeah. I mean, how yeah. is he referred to? I mean, He's he has the personal name, the yod Vavhe, vav He but oftentimes, right, he's referred to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Right. Right.
1: And, and then just to see how Abram is, um, you know, in this relationship with God, he he builds altars in different places as he goes, and these places are significant like this, this place of Bethel and Shechem and the Negev, like we're going to see those places come up again with Jacob, you know, his um, future and future generations, but also when the people um, actually take possession of the land, like hundreds of years later. So it's, but it's like he's, It's so interesting. It's like he believes God and he's staking out this land for God, but not probably in the ways that you would naturally think. Like if God's like, you know, this is your land, you'd be like, okay, you know, he doesn't make war with the people or like go and take possession. He literally honors God in all of the places that he goes. But that
0: is, that
1: is a, an
0: almost an aggressive sign. Uh, So, right. And, and and that's I think an important thing to understand as we go on, and, and we probably need to, to shut down here pretty soon. But yeah. that's an important thing to understand: is the land, God, and the land are very much tied together, right? Mm-hmm. And so where wherever gods were regional in a sense, and so we understand the God of the whole universe. But that's not how it always was, right? Mm-hmm. In, in these days, God, the idea of God, was a very regional idea. And so for Abram to come into Canaan, into the land that does not recognize the God of Israel, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the yod vav Yahweh, and to build an altar to him is is a little bit of an affront to their gods. And, of course, mm-hmm. that's always the case when the worshipers of the true God show up. I mean, you know, when Christians go into a secular office place and, I mean, it's not like we're building altars, but but we are now, in a sense, the temple of God um, and live as Christians there. It it can be, you know, it it brings both light and it can bring offense Mm -hmm. to a world that doesn't recognize the power of the living God. So a lot of interesting stuff going on and uh i think we have a lot more to talk about any other thoughts on the passage are you, are you ready to get to uh,
1: yeah no, we can move that well yeah there's just a lot there's, there's so much lot more to say, say. okay, okay so we'll, we, we we'll come
0: back tomorrow with more thoughts for jennifer mcclish i'm jason dees thanks for listening to our daily rhythm i'm jason dees one of the pastors of christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on god's word